0: Dude, every time you call us you're shaving your balls. I don't know how we're going to publish this. Oops,
1: oops, oops, oops.
0: Sunspots? Sunspots? Give me some shirt. Project Challenged. I'm your host, Eric G. Hollis, putting the G in Challenged with me as always, except for last week when he was without me, Doug Lund. And tonight, we've got a very special guest on the podcast. In fact, the song you just heard was written by our guest. He's a good friend of mine. I have known him, I guess, over half of my life now. We met in college under some very precarious situations, and we've been friends ever since. Anyway, very proud to have on the podcast tonight. Ryan Curley, who's going to talk to us a little bit about music. Welcome to PC, Ryan.
2: It's nice to be here. All the way from North Georgia. That's where the theme for the song was created it was in North Georgia of all places.
0: So it seems like you're really getting back into writing music again. This isn't the first track that we've kind of featured on Project Challenge. What's bringing you back to doing this? Because I know when I met you, you were the guy that showed up at every keg party, guitar in hand. You were always showing me some new shit you wrote. In fact, You were one of the first people that showed me digital music. I can't remember the name of the game. On the original PlayStation, there was a music creator, and you and I stayed up late one night drinking beers and writing songs on there. And then you kind of took a break. What's bringing you back in?
2: Well, when we first got to school, I couldn't bring my drums that I had played all through junior high school and high school. And uh, I'd gotten pretty good at, I thought. So I had to bring an instrument, so I bought an acoustic guitar and, you know, we used to listen to The Wall. You know, a lot of us started listening to Dark Side of the Moon, and you learn to play those three or four or five chords, and then you kind of get ambitious. And, I, you know, we started to listen to other stuff together. But I kind of got away from that for some reason, and I don't remember why. I think maybe I had to pawn my guitar, but the whole techno music thing was just kind of, we were working at Poppin' Smurfs, and, you know, some of the kids there liked it, and I kind of fell in with them. That scene kind of got old. So to get to where we are now, I discovered one day that I could take the skills I'd learned making techno music, And instead of doing the samples and the synthesizers, I could actually, (laughs) yeah, right. The system, the system, right. I actually put in regular guitars, bass guitar, little trial by error. I've come up with some techniques that I use to get a particular bass sound. And the big secret that not a lot of people know is that over half of that stuff you're hearing is not live cuts. I've gotten to where I can strip and paste with the best of them digitally, but I still like to put my own stuff in there. It's like a, Paper mache. I cut and paste everything. I add my own guitar licks on top of it. You know, it's not like I have Abbey Road to my disposal. And you hear what you get. I just started doing it again here recently because I got back to where I was near my equipment again. Uh what am I talking about? This ain't cnn I'm single now. I have time to record. I don't have a woman screaming <laughs> in my ear. Why not you do any fucking music for me? So I'm doing it again. And I got a whole bunch of ideas this summer and I threw them out there and We've come up with about 45 minutes of new music now. And the American punk song, which I was honored to provide to Doug for the show. And I think he had listened to another song. Don't laugh. It's called Ming the Messenger.
1: <laughs> Love it. I'm very ming familiar Me- with it. Yeah.
2: So really quick, the title. Doug, you're familiar with uh, Bam McGarra, how everything he does is Ming and ass this. And I just took a ming and dump and I just hit the ball minging long way. Well, Ming has become kind of a a meme for Eric and I.
1: I just lost 50 bucks because Eric and I had a bet about how long it would take you to make a reference to shit. And you said Ming and Dump, so I lose.
2: Well, you know what? I'll keep it clean then. So anyway. (laughs) No, no, that has nothing to do with keeping it clean. My ex-girlfriend has a little boy who went to school, and he was in kindergarten, and he brought home a book that he had to read to us. It was called Ming the Messenger. It's about this kid who rides around a bicycle and chucks newspapers at people, and I guess his name is Ming. That's where the name Ming the Messenger came from, and that's the song, Doug, that you heard, that you got in touch with me and said, gee, I really like that song. And I already had another idea floating around for something where I would mimic, you know, a Green Day or a Foo Fighters type of sound with some multi track guitars, you know, just raw kind of punk pop sounding. And that's what I gave you. I hope you like it.
1: When it came to me, I don't think I said, hey, I kind of like that. I believe what I said was, that fucking blew me away. Appreciate it. I think when we first heard American Punk, it wasn't even called that yet. It was just, uh, here's a song you can use for Project Challenge, which, in case we haven't thanked you enough, uh, thank you for allowing us to use that at the beginning of our show. I can't tell you how much great feedback we've got of it. I can't tell you how often I walk around humming that song because I like it so much.
0: <laughs> it's very interesting that in college, you introduced me to a lot of rock and roll and jam bands. And then you took off to Technoland, and I kind of stayed in rock and roll jam land and I've never left. But I do remember when uh, you were going to raves and shit all the time. But yeah, you were one of the first people that really turned me on to Led Zeppelin. I'd heard Led Zeppelin before I met you, obviously, but you were one of the ones that sat me down and played some of the more obscure stuff and some of the Zeppelin that I still love to this day.
2: Well, I think you and I both did that for each other. I love them. I love John Bonham's drumming style. It's like sex music. It's amazing. But you, I don't know how well the peeps out in Colorado know this, but you're the biggest R.E.M. fan I've ever known. I went to an REM show with you and I knew about REM from one of my brothers who used to play it for me, but you played me the deep cuts and you told me about, you know, the lyrics and Michael Stipe did this and Peter Buck did that and it was like, wow, yeah, that was your band. And so it kind of goes both ways. We both discovered fish at the same time.
0: We uh, did. In, in fact, uh, I won't go off on a fish tangent, but I remember you showing up at my dorm room door, knocking on the door saying, Hey man, do you want to drive down to new Orleans and go to jazz fest and see fish? And I was like, I only have to skip one day of class? Let's do it. And I mean, think about that weekend. That was amazing. We had a great time.
2: Shoestring budget. I don't even think we ate. It was at the old racetrack there in New Orleans, and I'd never been to New Orleans. All we had were our tickets. We scrounged some gas money. We drove my car, which may or may not have ever recovered from that. And Doug, I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans before, but if you come into New Orleans from Mississippi, which is how you get there from Georgia, you cross this very low, flat forest. And you can't think you could get any lower and then you cross into new orleans and it's in a bowl below you <laughs> leave it to the french to build a city in a bowl surrounded by floodplains so we got off the highway and we parked the car And to this day i'm not even sure how i got it back i paid some guy five bucks and i mean
0: dude oh, that I mean, was the shadiest know. car drop off ever in fact i remember i left my disc man that's how old we are in the car and i was like i'm never getting that disc man back And if you remember correctly, Ryan, when we got out of the show that night and came back to the car, the car had not been touched. Those guys offered us beer. They were like, hey, it's the guys with the car. They were cool. That that taught me some life lessons.
2: Well, you don't want to judge a book by its cover, but we parked our car. We staggered. we We followed the crowd, followed the smell to the racetrack and stood in the heat. There was not a lick of shade for like four hours. Then finally Fish came on and played their show. Jimmy Buffett introduced them. I want to say for the encore, it finally rained.
0: I remember this day very well.
2: <laughs> Do you remember the hotel room in Slide L, Louisiana, the night before?
0: Where we fogged out the fucking bathroom. That's the smallest bathroom I've ever been in in my life. I don't know how both of us fit in there.
2: Somewhere between a phone booth and a food pantry was the size of it. We dipped out of there pretty early in the morning. And I'm sure some cleaning woman or man walked in there and was like, God dang. But yeah, we found the racetrack. We watched the show. We stammered back to our car. It was there. Eric's stuff was there. All of our stuff was there. It was amazing. I want to say we left in the early evening because it was afternoon set. We rolled into Athens again at about 2 or 3 in the morning. Eric slept the whole way home. It sucked so bad. I had no one to talk to you because he slept the whole <laughs> way. But it was okay because if he would had drove, I probably would have passed out to you. So we got back in, and that was it. It was a good time. One of many with him, but that was really the only time I can think where he and I really went all in and road tripped it like that. I mean – He's got a lot of other friends down here that he knows a lot better because he spent more time with. But that was my Eric moment. I would never travel or tour the country that way again. But, you know, when you're 20 years old, shit, you know, what are you going to do?
0: No regrets, man. When people ask me about college, that's the first story that comes to mind. College is the time when Curly can show up at your door like, hey, bro, I just scored tickets to Jazz Fest. You want to go to New Orleans today? And you're like, sure. And I didn't have to check anything. (laughs) And I didn't have to look at anything. I grabbed a a bag, probably with some clothes in it, and we left. And you can't do that Mm -hmm. anymore. Even me, with no family and no responsibility, if Doug was like, hey, Eric, let's go to New Orleans tomorrow, I would have to tell him no (laughs) now. I didn't (laughs) have to tell you no back then. Yeah, no, we got jobs. We've got shit to do. But back then, to take off, to go to New Orleans with you, even though we didn't get to really party in New Orleans, we strictly had enough money to hit the show and and make it back. I don't regret it at all, All man. What a great adventure.
2: That was definitely a good road trip. Well you know, since we're back on the air, Doug, I gotta tell the story. As I, as <laughs> I promised y'all I promised y'all I would tell it. I wanna get it out of the way. Because Can I tell the story
0: about how you're the only person that's ever thrown a controller at my head? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which gaming system?
0: Oh my god. We were playing uh I think it was SNES. And I can't remember the game, dude, but you got so fucking pissed at me. And it was a fighting game, and you chucked it at my face. (laughs) And you walked out of my apartment, and I was like, fuck, man, he was mad as shit. And then you walked back in five minutes later, you're like, Eric, dude, I'm really sorry, man. I'm just, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even mad at you, because I was was being an asshole, dude. I was talking shit. I'm sure I deserved every second of it, but yeah, you're the only person that's ever chucked a gaming controller at me.
2: Uh, You know, I don't remember. Where was it?
0: Players Club uh, living room.
1: That's a person?
0: No, it's an apartment complex.
1: (laughs) Called the Players Club. Swear to God it was. It was called the Players
0: Club. (laughs) Mills lived at Polo Club.
1: (laughs) A lot of clubs in the South.
0: Lots of apartment complexes that try to be pretentious as shit with their fucking crappy fucking...
1: (laughs) Oh, pretentious? (laughs) I was picturing like club spelled with a K.
0: Oh, no, it's spelled like Players Club, and, like, the symbol was, like, the fucking polo jockey and shit. Like, there's anybody playing polo in Athens, Georgia.
2: <laughs> oh, the only thing I remember about Players Club was
0: you used to throw some
2: parties there. Yes, we uh, did. This. Do you remember the Egyptian hookah?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I, re- I remember that uh, That night was fucking insane. We're not going to get into that, but that was uh, Doug knows a myth. Amit and I used to throw some crazy parties at a player's club. In fact, one night, we burned so many holes in the carpet at the player's club clubhouse. The next morning, Amit and I covered all the cigarette burns up with pool chalk. <laughs> pool because chalk. it, it, it matched, pool and we didn't get fucking fined,
2: dude. That party was so boss, man. Remember we tried to have a band? My friend John. Yeah, and I played the drums. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so funny. We had like the worst equipment and we but it didn't matter because everyone was uh well dude look I'm sorry that I threw a controller at you. I totally don't remember <laughs> doing it. Clearly you survived the ordeal. Uh but let's talk about another party. Doug, I was dating this girl when we were in school. Her name was Nisa, beautiful, like 5'10 blonde hair. She's awesome. She was like my ride or die back then. And I lived in the, this apartment complex called Sussex Club. Eric lived there too. Everyone lived there. We decided to have a party at Niece's apartment in Sussex Club. And I said, you know what? I want to invite my friend Eric Hollis. He's a really good friend of mine. He really likes to party. He throws down with the best of them and he'll just live up the party. So I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, and you might not even have done this where you were, but it was well known that if you bought Ice House, we would cringe at now. But back then, it was pretty well known that for some reason, the keg was just a little more saucy than the others. And it would get you pretty shitty in a hurry. So we decided to get a keg of Ice House. We used to throw legendary parties in this apartment complex. I threw a couple. The night goes on. I don't, I'm not really keeping up with Eric, but he's having a good time, I guess. All of a sudden, like three or four hours into the night, I look up just in time to watch Eric stagger in from somewhere. And he perceived projectile all over it, so everyone says it's going curly your your boy that you invited just absolutely peppered the wall and then he disappeared so I tried to keep up with him, but he disappeared i assumed I assume he fell out somewhere because he was gone so I later that night I wandered into my you know girlfriend's bedroom as I did every night there, and we did our thing all night long as you would after a keg party you know when you're 21 years old. You know, you just, you knock in the boots. And the next thing I know, it's early in the morning and I'm laying on my back. And fortunately we were covered because as I, we were all covered up with blankets. Cause as I look up, I see my vision come into view and there's Eric standing over me. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> apparently Eric had passed out on the futon in this room or the other, the other sleeping surface and we didn't know. And he was so gone that we just totally had our way with each other. And he could have woken up at any time and had a show, but he didn't. <laughs> he just passed out all night. He looks at me and he says, hey Curly, give me some shirt. <laughs> so <laughs> I grabbed <laughs> I grab a, I grab a pillow, I stand up out of the bed, i got to cover myself, I stumble over to wear my clothes <laughs> on, I hand him a t-shirt, you remember the t-shirt, Eric?
0: I don't, do I still have it?
2: It was the Lowry's Tavern Drinking Game.
0: I don't, t-shirt. now I remember the t-shirt, but I don't think I still have that, believe it or not.
2: Good times, it was just a funny story, not just the fact that he got hammered, but like I woke up the next morning and there he is, and he's been in the room... My girlfriend at the time never really woke up until after Eric was leaving. She's like, who are you? Were you talking to somebody? I was like, no, I just had to go to the door and talk to my friend Eric. Is he okay? He's like, yeah. He threw up her over. She's like, yeah, he think he passed out in the room all night long. I'm like, you knew he was in the room? She's like, yeah, he was there. I'm like, you, you know what we did? She's like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it was one of those kind of things. <laughs> she knew. <stuff. So, laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Believe it or not, she's, a, she's lady, still so. friends
0: with me on Facebook, so she must, she must like me, kind of. Even though I threw up all over her fucking oh. apartment.
2: <laughs> yeah, the memory turns into legend, but I remember sitting on a couch, you stumbling in. It was because of the ice house. Every time we ordered that ice house keg, it was always just lights out.
0: And it was bad news. <laughs> one of the things that set me off that night, one of my last memories that night before passing out on your futon was somebody talking to me like in detail about drinking bong water and that was it for me. That was that was it. Just the visual of drinking bong water was enough. I was like, nope,
1: I'm sick. Oh yeah, that's disgusting.
2: <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, that, that's
0: not good either. We've touched on most of the memories, I think. Thank God too, dude, you had that shirt because if I remember correctly, I was covered in fucking puke. Even though <laughs> yep. I tried to clean it up like, there's no way I was driving home that night, no matter what. Sometimes we don't know our limits. <laughs> Usually
2: you did. We won't go into the other stories about getting on the roof of the dormitories, and we won't talk about oh because because there's, there's a lot of other stories involved that involve a lot of other stuff that we won't talk about. But it was a good time. It was good, clean fun. We met through a dude that lives at. Uh, I don't know, if Eric, if you've ever been told Doug about Peter, but... Peter was from Hungary and Peter was in my English class. Doug actually he knows Peter. He's never me. met
1: Peter, but uh, Doug knows Peter. Yeah. We play in uh fantasy football.
2: So, so Peter looks over at me and he says, uh, do you want to hang out with me and my friends? We are all from Augusta, Georgia or we're from Augusta. And I'm like, yeah, I'll hang out with you and your friends. And those guys turn out to be some of the coolest shits I, I knew in college. So Eric G.
0: Those were good times. Uh, And shit, you and I have ended up not only working at PJ's together, but also at GameStop together. And we worked at the dining hall. You're the only person I know I think I've had three jobs with.
2: Yeah, although I don't know how much work we got done at at the dining hall. You remember we worked... Oh, Doug! Doug, Uh, Eric and I worked... yes. (laughs) Eric and I worked at a a little uh, snack stand. Yep. At the education college. It's called Adderhold Hall. It's on the UGA. We... Everything was catered from a central kitchen. And they used to bring us these, uh, they're called Bain Marie's. They're large metal containers that you would keep at temperature of different soups. And they would bring us like four or five. And whenever one ran out, you would back it up. And if you didn't have a backup, you put a new one out and change the label. We were serving some vegetarian chili that day and it ran out. And I believe Eric changed the chili. It didn't change the label. And, And the way we caught it was I said to myself, you know what? That vegetarian chili looks kind of good. <laughs> I took a <the> big <laughs> forkful of it. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I had to change it. I had to change the label and hope no one noticed. <laughs> but it, it was a catastrophe uh, averted. But that was before we became skilled restaurateurs. We were
1: putting the wrong chili out. Eric defiled a bunch of vegetarians so, that day. I love it. We, we still used
0: to fuck with each other so bad. You remember, like, you were working at uh, Myers Hall that one day, and I changed the sign in front to big sticks, $5, and people were like, hey, man, can I get a big stick? And you're like, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I was a jerk, man, in college. I uh, People won't believe that now, but I've really kind of cleaned my ways up a little bit.
1: Wait, people well, won't believe what part? That you were a that. jerk or that you cleaned it up?
0: That I cleaned up. That I that I'm still not just terrible, but I was way worse. I think the first couple of years of college before I mellowed out. I mean,
2: we weren't horrible, horrible. Like we weren't packing the heat and robbing people. We didn't, you know. We we had good clean fun. There was never any like booger sugar in our, at our parties. It was just a bunch of <laughs> other stuff, you know.
0: <laughs> no, you, you're right. We we had a lot of fun. That's that's how I look back on the the four years I spent at UGA. It was, it was a
2: blast. It was, it was good clean fun, and I remember after I hadn't seen you in so long. I was living in Virginia and I got in touch with you. And I was passing through Atlanta on the way to Florida with my ex wife. And we stopped here in Dawsonville to drop the kids off with my folks. And That's I. That's when you,
0: them, uh, you came over like, to hang you, out with me and Jim, right?
2: Yeah. And I passed out on your couch. Under normal circumstances, I would have been castrated for going out and not coming home and staying on someone's couch. But just the legend that had been woven, uh, she was like, all right, this Eric guy. Like yeah, I st- slept on his couch. I said you have to understand. Like I had to convince. Like there were no chicks over there. It was just Eric and I were chilling, playing video games, and it turned into one of those. Like many, many times, Doug have I passed out Carlos's house. I don't remember. I just remember hanging out, having a good time, or some dog licking me
1: at six in the morning.
0: <laughs> Rest in peace, Sasha.
1: Eric's managed to preserve that reputation too. My wife trusts Eric more than she trusts me. And I get away with more shit just by virtue of the fact that I'm with Eric than I would with anyone else.
0: I think as I'm Eric honest. Crafty.
1: <laughs> not
0: crafty.
1: Eric, that's
2: not in a bad way. When I say crafty, I mean you have this blend of poof. And you're right, you have honesty. And it kind of comes across as being like, I don't know, it's hard to describe. But it's the sense of humor, Doug. That's the one thing. If they said, you know, Tell me one quality about Sleazes Christ, and it would be the sense of humor. Because he makes you laugh, you know, when he gets upset about something, he gets all cynical. Like, uh, you know what he used to call warm beer? What's that? We would, would go to a party or piss-warm chunga. <laughs> <laughs> Desperado he reference. Would me, he would say, this beer tastes like piss-warm chunga. Still use it.
1: Agreed. No, 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 no. Eric's been making me laugh for 31 years now. And he's crafty, and he's just my type.
2: You've known Eric for 31 years? I have. Yes, It's longer than I've known him. So that makes sense, Eric. Didn't you live in Kansas? Is that where you met him, or where
0: did you meet him? I met Doug in El Paso, Texas in fifth grade. Those are stories for a whole other day, but I've known Doug almost my whole life.
1: Ryan, if you listen to the first episode of Project Challenge, we talk a little bit about that. That was actually the name of the gifted, I'm doing air quotes right now, gifted program that we were in was Project Challenge.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys just came up with that. That's kind of funny.
0: That was the talented and gifted and both in air quotes there program that Doug and I were in in fifth grade. So I, I've known Doug that long.
2: Real quick, since we're doing this, I want to throw this out there. Despite the delays that have come up and by delays you have no idea we're talking like delays the next two to three months this batch of songs that i've been working on that i actually changed the whole name of the project for is going to be put out in a lp format and then i'm trying to get some vinyl pressed but right now i'm running into cost problems because it's expensive to make vinyl. and if i can get enough material i may try to do like a double album type of deal but it's going to be there
1: eric fresh back from the can Ryan, on his tin can and string. I didn't do this at the top of the episode, but uh, I got to ask, what the fuck are you guys drinking tonight?
2: I didn't have any good stuff. I'm actually three Guinness in.
1: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Our listeners are probably familiar with Guinness. I'll add the beer stats to the show notes. It's Project Challenge Tradition. What's your rating on that beer?
2: Out of five. You know, I actually give it a four for being as common as it is. I don't know. It's it's so unique that I can just pound them. Like a Miller Lite on a hot day, I can kick
1: back with Guinness and just crush them.
2: What can I say, man? My ancestors were from Ireland, so I guess I'm destined to drink it.
1: Is that where the name Curly comes from? It does, man. It's spelled with a
2: K-I-R-L-E-Y, and there's like 40 spellings of it. People used to make fun of me in school for that name, and they would spell it every kind of way, but that's it.
1: Lots of Three Stooges jokes, I imagine. Curly.
2: Yeah. In fact, that might have been what gets a controller thrown at your head. <laughs> Well,
1: J- jolly Green Giant that Bowl
2: Eric Was I the when first person were, to call you Bull No but you were the first person To ever put up a picture of a basketball player And put Eric Curley on there
0: Oh my god dude I drew the bong in his hand That was fucking perfect <laughs> I remember that shit In, in our it dorm a- room yeah The only white dude in the NCAA tournament, he looked kind of like Ryan. So yeah, I wrote Eric Curley over it and drew a bong in his hand and put it up on the fucking bulletin board. (laughs) You're bringing back lots of memories,
2: dude. Yeah, if I ever get on here, we'll have to tell the story about the kid that lived on the other side of me. We covered his whole doorframe with porn pictures. Mm
1: -hmm. You've earned yourself a perpetual spot on Project Challenge. You are welcome back anytime, especially if you can swing in and dish dirt on Eric. I love it.
2: Well, I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus, but you know, there's a lot of good times. But yeah, the Guinness drink it right out of the can tonight. There's no glass. I can feel the little gas thing in the bottle floating around and The widget. The widget, whatever the hell they call it.
1: Yeah, it is the widget. And you'll get no argument and no judgment from me. Guinness is fantastic. It's my wife's favorite beer. Oh good. What about you, brother?
0: I am drinking a dry dock apricot blonde. A very good weekday, easy drinking beer. I'm a big fan of Dry Dock. I think they have a lot of good beers. I think we've done the Dry Dock Sour Apricot on the show before. The green can. This is the orange can. This is the first Dry Dock beer I've had. I think it's a 5.1. I'm going to give this beer like a 4.2. It's an easy drinking, good beer to have. Apricot
2: is a smooth fruit. It doesn't have like the tanginess of a lot of the other citrus or a lot of the other berries. So you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. It's unique.
0: I had 3 yards of this this year at Denver Comic-Con. So,
1: <laughs> yes you did. I uh. enjoyed
0: every second of it. What a what a day that was. But yeah, so Dry Dog Apricot Blonde needs to be mentioned on Project Challenge because yeah, I drank a shitload of it this year at DCC. We'll
1: always give Dry Dog some love. Their brewery's located just a few miles from my house. Um, big fan of the brewery in general. Curly, you were talking about the apricot and its synergy with the beer flavors. Eric has managed to turn me into a fruit beer. I don't know about connoisseur, but I definitely appreciate them more by way of all the stuff that we featured on Project Challenge six months ago when we started this. I think I regularly said, I don't like Snapple beer. I don't like fruit in my beer. I've changed my tune.
2: Fruity beer doesn't come from the continent of Europe. It comes from the British Isles. Because in Germany, you have to use the same ingredients. It's like, by law, you have to use the water and the yeast and the malt and the barley and the hop. You can only use those things. So Germans make all their beer with a combination of the same ingredients. Other countries will kind of do the same thing. But in England, they threw anything they could find in their beer. They would put oats. They would throw dried fruit. Lord knows what else they would put in there. And so that's why you have this tradition of flavored beers, if you will. I believe it, man. I, I was a chef for a long time, and you can take the right piece of fruit, and although it looks kind of corny, throw it in there, it makes your beer like. It does. It's like the whole wine cheese effect. You know, one plus one is three. If you put the right fruit in there, it brings it out, you know? So.
1: wait. Good. Wait, Welcome to the club. Wait. Fruity, fruity beer. Back up, because I couldn't keep up. Hawaiian cheese, one plus one is three. Walk me through that. He said wine and cheese, not the Hawaiian cheese. <laughs> That's so much different.
0: <laughs> we got to get Curly on a live episode. Right. This is yeah. why I can't stand Skype. Hawaiian right, cheese James. I'll, I'll
1: upgrade my setup a little bit.
0: It's uh, not I mean, your I'll shit, dude. I'll
1: upgrade my setup and we can do it. I mean, it's a little your shit. I was being a to guess, like podcast
0: 101.
1: I've been taking that course.
0: It's a rough one, man. I'm teaching it this fall at Colorado Springs.
1: <laughs> so pairings was your point, though. Yeah, I'm not a sommelier, but
2: the thing about alcohol is if you add the right secondary flavor to it, it really brings out the flavor of whatever you're drinking, like wine and cheese can do. The same thing with this beer. You, know, you can make a nice ale, and if you put the right fruit in it, it can overcome a skunky batch of other ingredients. That's what it was born out of. And so that's why we drink all these crazy beers, man. You know, and they're good. And if someone wants to make a beer flavored with something exotic, I'll try it. Why not?
0: I'm really curious because Doug always brings the crazy-ass beers to the show. Doug, what are you drinking tonight?
1: In the spirit of everything that we've just been talking about, I, this evening, am enjoying the Ballast Point Orange Vanilla Fathom, which is a India-style pale lager with orange and vanilla flavors. And... Again, to my point earlier, didn't used to be a big fan of fruity beers, but they somehow managed to make a fucking creamsicle and an IPA taste good together.
2: Ooh, that's good.
0: Uh, Would I like
1: it? Uh, let's see. This one is uh, 7.0 ABV, so it's in the ballpark of your alcohol level. I want to say that you maybe took a swig of this when we were at the Ween concert, because this is what I was drinking that evening.
0: Have you talked to Ryan about that?
1: <laughs> about Ween?
0: Yeah, because when I tell him what they closed the show with, he'll be very happy we were there.
1: We've not mentioned that yet, but that was the first night that I enjoyed this beer, and I wanted to make sure and feature it on Project Challenge this week because it is amazing. Ballast Point doesn't really make bad beers. In fact, uh, God, I know this is heresy because I live in Colorado, which I consider to be the mecca of microbrews, but they may be biggest name in the market right now Um, and they knocked it out of the park uh, with this one but yeah I threw back a bomber of the Orange Vanilla Fathom before the Ween concert that night and then we got to see them close that show with the first ever time that they played Led Zeppelin's Cashmere on stage
0: at Red Rocks.
2: Nice. I don't know if Eric told you we've seen Ween a lot too. In fact I've seen Ween live more than any other band.
0: If you ever get the chance to see them at Red Rocks I highly recommend it. They put on oh, quite you. a show.
1: Ryan, there's a staple segment we have to get covered before I forget again. Okay. It's a new tradition on Project Challenge. What is it, Grandpa pa? I remember my first beer.
2: My first beer. I remember the first time I ever drank a lot of it in one sitting.
1: Give us your best beer story, then. And it can't be, give me some shirt.
2: <laughs> no, we've already told. Give me some shirt, but that's your beer story, not mine. I'm glad
0: that that got recorded, though. You know what? I'm not embarrassed about that story at all. Whatever, I got fucked up. You know, I've Eric, done that a million times.
2: Doug Eric made reference earlier to a party that he and a, a friend of his threw, in which they rented out the clubhouse. It was a good party, and there was a lot of beer there. And I can't remember. This might actually have been another party. Same venue, though. We purchased five or six kegs of beer, which would indicate to you the, the amount. Yeah, <laughs> at least four of them were consumed because as the party went on, we would throw the empties in the pool.
0: That's the same party. And five kegs were gone in four hours.
2: And we tied them together. Yep. <laughs> made, made a flotation craft. And we floated around the pool. And I remember... Mark Twain would be proud. Of, I drank a lot of beer at that party. I remember that was the party at which I realized that I could actually consume like at least five or six gallons of beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Ryan can drink, man. For those of you that don't know, Ryan's a pretty big dude. What are you, are you 6'8", Ryan? 6'7"?
2: Jesus. I'm 6'7". So, okay. Yeah.
0: Ryan's not a small guy. Me calling him Bull... When he shaved his head was half joke and half like, fuck, dude, he looks like bull. Like, he's menacing.
1: <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now.
2: Up until yesterday, I had um, a really big beard and no hair on top and six seven. And so people are like, who's this big, tall, lumberjack-looking guy? And then I, today I finally trimmed it down. But I don't know if that qualifies as a beer story. I know that we drank a lot of it that day. That same apartment complex, that was Players Club, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Eric, was it you... Or was it another group of friends who had the potato
0: gun it wasn't me and the boys from augusta it was steve and those guys mean steve and camper who uh by the way you mentioned sommelier earlier you know camper is a sommelier now right
2: yeah i think i've been following that i'm not surprised yeah they had a potato gun and this apartment complex was built on the side of the hill and they were shooting all manner of crap out of the potato gun at the girl below them's apartment. It was quite humorous. But I no, love the anyway. phrase
1: "all manner of crap."
2: <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what they were, what they were shooting. To be honest with you, There may have been a gerbil in there, or, you know, <laughs> bunch of screws, or they were just firing stuff down. <laughs> See these memories, Doug. As time goes on, these memories, I lose the time and place around
1: them. That just means that when you relate them, it's all the more enriched.
2: I mean, I like to tell stories and they happened a long time ago, but God dang, you know, some of the stuff that we did was just, I don't know if I want to tell my children or if I don't.
0: I tell Doug's children <laughs> and that's how yeah. I pass the stories on.
2: Because see, you do it, you get away with it. If he tells them, it's like, wow. I did what?
0: Yeah. Actually though, the stories that they have heard about their dad, when I tell stories, they're like, oh, Eric's just like a nice guy. <laughs> so it works perfect. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I've gotten in trouble since then. But that was the most innocent, wholesome fun ever. No one ever got beat up or robbed or jumped. It was just, let's just go get stupid. It's Friday night.
0: There's a lot of debate now about uh, college and, like, is college worth it? Should your kids go to college? Why spend the time? Why spend the money? Oh, my God. I wouldn't trade those four years for anything. The level of irresponsibility I was allowed to have. right?
2: i know i can remember when you got the job with Poppin' smurfs you were just starting out it was so funny you guys worked in that little tiny store and that was like who would ever thought that, that would be your job that you would graduate from college with and work for like freaking Poppin' smurfs
0: they take care of me though man and when i left it wasn't on bad terms it was yeah. it was good man it was good for me at the time man. i got to go on So many crazy adventures because of PJs, like flying to New York on a whim to see the dead milkman or, you know, just doing stuff like that. I I don't regret that at all, man. And shit, you know, at the time delivering Jesus, man, I was making more money than people with normal jobs.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Well, what else do you guys want to do?
0: I could talk to you about video games all fucking day. So in fact, when I call you now off podcast, that's normally what we chat about. You were the one. In fact, let's give credit where credit's due here. I don't think I would have made it as far in Horizon Zero Dawn if Ryan hadn't have told me, dude, those flying enemies, just tether them to the ground. And I was like, oh, shit.
1: Oh, shit. That came from Ryan? Well, thank that you. came from Ryan. Because That's straight that, from Ryan. <laughs> that changed my life, too. That, you guys learned how to tether the flying
2: machines, and you just, yeah. That game was pretty cool, man, I have to say. And it took place in Colorado, too. Do you know that?
0: Oh, yeah. Doug and I found Red Rocks. I'm sure you did, too.
1: Yeah, I
2: found Red Rocks, the Air Force Chapel. Air Force
0: Academy, which is uh, down the street from my house.
1: Mile high. Yeah. So yeah.
2: It's What do you guys call it? The Front Range?
1: The Front Range is mountains. the eastern side of the Rocky Mountains.
2: Right. That's what that's supposed to represent. And then once you go west on the game map, you go west of the mountains, you end up in like a deserty type of place. It's supposed to be like Utah, or you know, something like that. It's all supposed to be like that. Right. We're
0: getting an expansion uh, very soon. Still no date, but I'm excited to play it.
2: I know. Frozen I know.
0: wastes. What's it called? Frozen wastelands.
2: I think that sounds frozen right. Waste, frozen waste is when I take a dump
1: outside. <laughs> 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 oh shit! There's another fifty bucks. <laughs>
0: You know, Ryan, it's interesting, and this will probably get cut too. Doug hates when people send him pictures of shit. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad he's not friends with Curly. I don't
2: really do that anymore except for this one thread that I'm on, and there's like 10 of us. And I only know one of them is my cousin, and I don't know who the other eight people are, but they all live in upstate New York. And, like, every three or four days, your phone will go off, and you'll look down, and it'll be a text from the thread. It will be something completely inappropriate, like someone will have cracked off a hammer and taken a picture of it. You're like, okay. <laughs> Happens, unfortunately, but I don't partake.
0: And see, Doug, what this goes back to is before we had cell phones, Curly used to take Polaroids of his shit <laughs> And true fucking story, and show them to people. So he didn't. He didn't need technology, dude. <laughs> no, I
1: didn't.
2: You're lying through your teeth, man. Yeah, Bullshit.
0: <laughs> Bullshit. I'm standing by this.
2: I don't remember that, but that's so funny. <laughs> I
0: do, Ryan. I'll tell you. I saw Mitt about four months ago, and I was like, oh, I talked to Curly the other night, and the first thing Mitt said was, "Is he still taking Polaroids of his shit?" <laughs> So maybe oh. we both remember it wrong.
2: Wow. Okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry.
0: I guess so. I'm... Don't be sorry, man. I still laugh about it to this day, but Doug would hate that. So don't ever do that to Doug.
1: All right. We're uh, going to wrap up here soon, but Ryan, before we do tell us how we can support what you're doing right now. My
2: SoundCloud page will be more up to date with kind of what we're trying to do right now with the sound It's newer stuff. It's kind of gone in a different direction. I think the people out there will dig it. I mean, from what I understand, the folks out in Colorado are pretty chill, and they like to listen to good music and enjoy it. It's instrumental. There's some girls that sing here and there, but for the most part, it's instrumental. And if I had to say that the group Enigma and Pink Floyd and Rush and Metallica, if they were all to get together and have a love child, um, it might sound a little bit something like what I'm trying to do. You know, I've used the distorted guitars and I've used a lot of other stuff. And if folks want to go to the SoundCloud page and listen to it and leave comments, I can get people on my Facebook page, but I can only invite people that are on my friend list. And I'm not really that popular, but you guys can share the Facebook page to people on your friend list. Sure. If they want to get a hold of it that way. And then at some point later on in the year, i am sure I'll send a box of CDs out or, um, you know, we'll have it available digitally unfortunately right now there's no performing of it because it's just one person and it's quite impossible to perform but down the line there's talk in the works for like a multimedia light thing with it but for right now just listen to the music the name of the group is son of aquarius and no it's not his son it's the sun as in the sun that shines in the sky the son of aquarius um there's i think a couple other similar groups with that name but you'll see me it's got a graphic with a chick it's trippy it'll say son of aquarius and uh if you guys want to listen to a couple of different types of stuff check out ming the messenger it's three minutes long it's short it's sweet that's great uh, i've even posted the american punk song on my soundcloud page with the project challenge logo on it um <laughs> you check out, check, no check out, sorry you know.
0: the project challenge logo is uh It makes me laugh every time I hear those (laughs) words.
2: Two dudes pushing something up a
1: hill. It's perfect.
0: They're pushing something. That's the best description I've heard, right?
1: It's an arcade cabinet and a reflection of Doug's terrible artistry. And that's the best (gasps) that it gets right there. Eventually, we'll have something better, but that's our placeholder logo for now. And apparently people really fucking like it. I don't know how that happened. They
0: do. I've heard nothing but good stuff. Just like I've heard nothing but good shit about your music ryan which is amazing anyone that hears the theme song ask me where it came from in fact when you're not busy i would love to hear you interpret the bitface theme song yourself because camper wrote that believe it or not and i would love to hear it in your voice and i think he would love to hear that too
2: all right well i'll have to give it a listen there's a lot of like open stuff right now i have probably four or five songs i need to hurry up and finish i mean i have so many ideas in the head right now but you know i work a nine to five like you guys do and I have two children to take care of, and sometimes I just can't get to it. But right now, Son of Aquarius, it's just a little pet project. I don't earn a living off of it, but I think it's good. I appreciate all the feedback. I like it. I wouldn't make the music if I didn't like it. But then again, I have a very picky palate, but you can get lost in it. It's got some melody to it. It's layered. I guess the best way to do it would be if someone made techno music with rock instruments and samples instead of doing all the synthesizers, you would get the type of sound that I'm going for. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Eric will tell you too. I'm a massive music snob. I worked in a music store for years and became dry on just about everything. So when my ear hears something that I consider truly great, I pay attention. And Ming caught me, and American Punk, it hooked me. I don't know if the Elton inspired song is still up, but I thought that was brilliant too.
2: The first instrument I ever played was the piano, and those are old recordings. It's actually, I did that song a while ago. Thanks, man. I mean, I'm flattered.
1: It's, it was beautiful.
2: We're just gonna have to get the word out. I'll try to get some stuff up there. I'm gonna. There's gonna be posters made. I'm gonna have T-shirts made. Um, and I'll try to send a, a gift box if I'm anyone shows up you on Facebook. I,
0: I want a curly cool. living room show, <laughs> and PC will sponsor it.
1: Yeah, don't do anything else for us you've done enough let us help you let us help you exactly we we, we want to get the word out we want to make people aware uh, of what you're doing
2: okay here's what i'll do then okay i will send you a different song every week play like just a snippet of it just like on the way out you can open your show with the theme and then on the way out if you you play music play something
1: else done and we'll throw all your project work in the show notes every week that's easy
0: I'd love to do that. That's so much better than us stealing music that we're eventually going to get sued for.
1: <laughs> we haven't done that in no. a long time, Eric. <laughs> Thanks to Ryan. Actually, yeah, Ryan, you did save us from getting sued. Why is that?
0: Because Doug used to take like Millie Vanilli, and like that was her music. Or hey, let's take some fucking Grateful Dead. Sure, why not? They're they're not licensed.
2: Yeah. Well, I have an account with BMI, the publisher, but I don't collect anything. So. Why am I going to tell someone, no, you can't have it for free? I mean, no one else is giving me anything for it. So if you're going to play it, go for it.
1: Uh, we will play it. Do you listen to BitFaced? I've listened to some of them, yeah, not all of them. So, you know, there's regularly people on there that are that are hawking something. And all of them have either a Kickstarter or a Patreon or... Uh, some mechanism that will generate some kind of support. And dude, if you can get something like that up, we will drive traffic to it as best we can.
2: That would be amazing. I can tell you this. It's always been a dream of mine to live where you guys live. Ever since I was a little kid, I always felt drawn to it. It's never happened. And something's always come up. And, and I'm not going to leave the kids here in, in Georgia and go out there yet. But one day I'll go out there. And when I get out there, that's the type of environment that I want to work in because I'm sure the ideas will just come. So keep that in mind when we're doing this, you know, that's the ultimate goal is, you know, son of Aquarius, not out of Georgia anymore, but out of
0: Colorado. Well, get your ass out here before I'm fucking 50.
2: Yeah. My kids through at least junior high and high school and I can't just back up and move out there without a little money in the bank. So, you know, it'll happen. I understand. I need to get a sugar mama.
0: The yeah, those websites get, the are bullshit there. Trust me. I tried. <laughs> oh, which one? I don't know. Sugarmamas.com. I'll pay your bills if you eat my rancidpussy.org. Like, I tried them all, dude. Cougar you corn? Know, yeah, you know, yeah, fucking cougar corn. Hey, you know what you need for the- There you go so
2: but uh no i'll, I'll <laughs> this is going nowhere it's eleven thirteen here it's degenerating in a hurry yeah so
0: ryan thank you nope. so much for fucking coming on thank you and okay. dealing with all my technical difficulties tonight because it's all been me You yeah,
2: guys, you're too kind i was also to blame thank god we had the maestro of computers in between to fix it i'm impressed mr doug with your computer skills Eric, impressed as always with how you've progressed in your scene out there. Very proud. Thanks for having me on. I'll try to come back on in the future, and maybe we'll see. Maybe I get my own show.
1: I don't want to hear any fucking apologies. We had a great time tonight. By the time this gets published, it's going to sound great. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, too. We're going to do our best to support you. Uh, If you don't have anything else to add, I'm going to go ahead and do the close. All right. Love to the peeps in Colorado, y'all. Word. Here at Project Challenge, we love all kinds of feedback and questions. You can find our email and Facebook details at projectchallenge.com. Follow us on Twitter at OGChallenged and drop a review for the show on iTunes or the Play Store. Huge thanks to all the listeners, and until next time, stay challenged.